I would like to begin this broadcast by acknowledging the Awabakal people, the traditional custodians of this land. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. The Newcastle Live and Local Music Show. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show with Bonnie. It's an absolute pleasure to get to spend the evening with you. I am so keen. Basically, we are all going to have to put the pedal to the metal to try to get through just some of the new releases that have come out of Newcastle and The Hunter in the last two weeks. Oh my goodness, the scene has been so hot and it's so exciting to see all of this fresh local music coming out. On top of that, heaps of local gigs and so much support behind them as well. It's so good. So coming up today on the show, it's a bit of a singer-songwriter fest today and I'm keen on that. So to kick things off, we're going to be talking to Jacob Ridgway, who is an award-winning singer-songwriter and performing artist. We will also be chatting to Elijah Amos, who is an absolutely fantastic beat maker and rapper, and Paris Grace, who is very well known in the scene for her incredible vocals and her songwriting just has this soulful edge. Also on the show today, we'll be hearing a live track from Max Jackson that was recorded right here in the studios of Newcastle Live, and also a live track from Snowfish. Welcome along and thank you so much for joining me. It's so good to have your company this evening. My name's Bonnie and you're listening to the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show. Jacob Ridgway is an award-winning singer-songwriter, performing artist and proud First Nations Waramai and Gamilaroi man. At such a young age, he has worked with some incredible people within the music industry and has a lot more ahead of him. So it's an absolute pleasure to welcome to the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show, Jacob Ridgeway. What's up, y'all? How you doing? So good. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a, it's a total honour to have you on the show. And uh, it's always really exciting to talk about what you've already achieved and to think about what is ahead of you. You know, you just have such a bright future and it's really exciting to see it's always good to remind people that i'm from here and still live here because everyone seems to have this like preconceived thing that i'm like not living here anymore because i'm traveling but no i'm here i'm born i'm bred from here definitely so i'd like to touch on your earlier years so you're actually the oldest of six which i could imagine would be a headache at times but a total blessing the rest. No, uh, it's a headache. It's a headache yeah. constantly. No. <laughs> no. So what was it like growing up in such a big family and what are some of your earliest musical memories? Um, make no mistake about it. Anyone that knows our family knows how big our family is. So <laughs> it's always beautiful. Like we all went to school together, like cousins and all that as well. They're like Raymond Terrace, Isle, Connor River. So it's always been like fun, you know, that a lot of us are around like the same age group. But yeah, my earliest like memories of music is my mum singing to me. Mum used to do the little country music circuit and stuff out um, in Dubbo, where mm. she grew up. Used yeah. to go out there like Central West and do all those little competitions and perform and whatnot. So yeah, like my earliest memories of music is her singing like Gene Stafford to me, Uncle Troy Casadaly, like yeah. um, the early Keith Urban records, like when One Star Maker. So that's my earliest like memories of music. Um, I think probably like the first person I could recognize like singing was like a Troy Cassadaly record. So that's 
That's probably like my earliest ones and just watching Rage. It yeah. was the only thing that could keep me quiet when <laughs> yeah. I was a kid. So mum used to pre-record Rage. So that was dope. Yeah. But you actually have a bit of a story about uh, a bit of a mistake, a big mistake uh, when it comes to pre-recording Subjective. Rage. <laughs> Subjective. What happened? Take us through it. Uh, so like mum used to tape it just to keep me quiet. <laughs> um and there was one morning when she was, like, sick, didn't want to get out of bed. Yep. And that was our thing. On Saturday morning, we'd get up and we'd watch Rage. I'm pretty sure I'm wearing this Rage hat now. Yes, you yeah. are. Um, but, yeah, she couldn't get up, so I just grabbed a tape out, rewound it, because mm-hmm. I'd watched Mum do it. And it happened to be her wedding video, Mum and Dad's oh. wedding video. No so by the time delete. she got out and, like, seen it, number one song's finished. And here I am with this, like, tape in my hand, heaps proud, and she's just sitting there with this bittersweet thing. It's like, oh, look what my baby did. Yeah. <laughs> Probably like gritting at me behind her teeth. Like, yes. There's the wedding video. Oh, no. That's so rough. So rough. Also, while we're talking about, you know, that earlier kind of technology, you used to create mixtapes when you were in high school, right? Yeah, I might get myself in trouble here <laughs> with work, but oh, yeah, LimeWire. I was LimeWire in the yep, hell yep. out of everything. I was like... <laughs> I'd sit there, like my nan taught me how to use the tape, so I'd be sitting there with like the Take 40, like countdowns, like the American US ones mm-hmm. on like Sunday Arvos, and I'd be getting whatever songs that I couldn't get on Rage because I wouldn't show the film clip, like City High, What Would You Do? And all of those, all of those ones were like Eminem, Stan. Yep. So like all those censored clips that they'd never show, I'd make sure I'd get that that was on, you know, when they were on radio. But then um, coming into school... I would be like making like little mixtapes and I'd be selling them just to make money for underage drinking on the weekend. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, everyone used to always hit me up for all like the fresh songs because I was always studying ARIA charts. I was always looking at the Billboard charts. What's yeah, new? Wow. I'd always want to know like what was coming out and just like listen to it. Mm. Thanks, LimeWire. <laughs> Shout out to LimeWire. So what do you think got you into uh, starting that kind of... I don't know if it's an obsession, but the real interest in looking at the charts and finding out what's new. Like, uh, you know, lots of people do start off with listening to classics. So what was it that made you want to find out what was coming out rather than looking back at what's been? I don't know, probably just to find out what was coming out. I think that was really it. Just like I call what's fresh or what's happening here. I think the thing that kind of got me into that thing of like thinking outside of radio or what was on TV and stuff was listening to College Dropout, Kanye West. Mm-hmm. He done wrong now, but that album is like so influential. Like to me, like that gave me this thing of like l- looking up the samples. Yeah. Anything he sampled, whether it be like old Michael Bolton cuts before Michael Bolton was Michael Bolton. Like yeah. when he was in Blackjack or like the Shirley Bassey stuff or Ray Charles or anything. Like the old um, gospel samples. Yeah, those samples were absolutely huge and iconic. It was like insane, but like I wanted, I remember buying that at Salamander Bay at a Mm. shop out there because like I think the first like rap CD I bought was Jay-Z, Izzo. And then you've seen like the liner notes, love liner notes. So I just seen his name pop up on a whole stack of stuff, whether it be with Timberland or like Ludacris or a whole stack of artists like that. So... I just bought that album out on a whim, but then it got me to a point of like thinking about music and going back to its purest form. What inspired like this song? So I'm going back in LimeWire and again, all of these songs, and that I suppose like 
helped me form like a musical identity outside of what was just played on radio what was what was hot at the time i could literally just like dig into all of these genres and like just enjoy like the b-sides the deep cuts on some of these records rather Mm. than just the singles released yeah so when did you start writing your own original music um i used to write like heaps when i was a kid and um i suppose the teacher i had in high school was a bit of a pain in the ass and kicked me out of Kick me out of music class. Yeah, so this was your music teacher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, didn't want to sing Screamo. Like it. Just because you like something doesn't mean you should sing it either. No, no. That stuff hurts. Props to everyone who can do it properly. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that was just the thing for me, hey? Like, I just couldn't... I just went into this block for ages. And then, I suppose, like, dealing with that whole toxic masculinity around playing footy and for ages I just didn't feel I could, like, articulate myself and the feelings because that's just you just didn't do it Mm. at that time you know I think moving away to Brisbane where I started doing music and I kind of got caught up in these other like writing workshops with Anita Heiss and um, Kayla Tyson who's hip-hop artist up there known as Kayla Truth just kind of got me digging deep into things about more so just writing again like, I consider myself like a writer before a singer. And I will just write short stories. My, like, I write more short stories than what I do songs. Yeah. I try and, like, just bring these other stories back into, all right, what's this little snapshot I can capture here to put it into a song context? And so where do you find the inspiration for those little short stories? Just heaps observational. Mm. Like, observational, I suppose, emotional writer and just tapping into things that... You know, that I've been been through. Like music is my way of emoting and if people relate to it, great. But I'm like I'm pretty selfish when it comes to like music. I am not gonna <laughs> lie, like I write music for me. If you like it, yeah. I am so appreciative mm-hmm. of it. But I really make music for me to get out the way I feel and um and what I'm going through. So yeah. it's it's a it's a mental healing for me, mm-hmm. music. Yeah, beautiful. So you've already accomplished a whole heap, including working or collaborating with artists such as Jessica Mowboy, Emily Waramara, Earthboy, The Veronicas and Thirsty Merc, just to name a few. But your breakout performance happened in 2014 when you were selected to sing My Island Home with the backing of the QPAC Choir and William Barton for the climax of the G20 Summit opening. So how did that experience come about and what sort of impact has that had on your career so far? Man, I was shitting myself <laughs> before that thing. That's scary. Believe it. Um, <laughs> I suppose I, I had to go through this whole like psych thing with my music teacher at the time yeah. because... Um, I was just like freezing up and everything and mm-hmm. I wasn't singing how I could. And I just got to this point and it was explained to me as like, okay, how would you play footy so it's just a switch and you just do it. It's like getting on a bike. Yeah. How can we trans like um, transfer this mindset into this other mindset so you just be like walk on stage and you just know you can do it in the same manner. So I just started to prep musically for when I was going on stage the same way I would do for music. It's like, like, it's the same principles. Prepare shit, you play shit mm. at the end of the day. So I'm just like, that's a mindset I've like taken over as a skill set. But being able to perform with Uncle Will, man, like 
and he's like nabbing awards and that this year. Yeah, Major. he has. Queensland Australian yeah. of the Year. Um, mm-hmm. Just got a, a couple of arias and yep. that for contributions and that he's done some screen awards and man, he's killing it. I got so much respect and admiration for the work that he does. Um, but yeah, that was just massive. I think as great as that performance was, that was just like a mental breakout yeah. as well as a breakout performance for me. Yeah, I can only imagine uh, what sort of obstacles that you had to overcome for that. And then once you actually, you know, jump those hurdles, would have just been so freeing. Yeah, it's like, I think from that moment, I was just like, all right, cool, I've got this bug now. <laughs> yeah. I want more. <laughs> I don't remember it. And I'm sure every, like, performer out there has a performance that they don't remember because I was so in tune to the moment. Wow. And, like... I'm sure we all try and chase that feeling again. It was like being so in immersed mm. in the emotion and feeling of the song that you don't remember. I've had that a few times, always chasing that. Because then I go back and look at the video. If someone's called it, and I'm like, damn, wow, I want that again. Yeah, yeah, wow, so ethereal. So earlier this year, you curated a festival titled This Land, which was a First Nations celebration of the sound, soul and spirit of the many nations in this country. So what was your favourite thing about getting to put this together and how was it getting to see it all come together? Oh, my favourite thing is this: we've never had this for about 20 years outside of Nadoc Week in Newcastle. So... And then if we do get people in Newcastle, they're always of like those legacy like type of acts. There's never something that's really putting us on for like mid-career, like emerging talent. Yeah. And there's so many of us that have connections, you know, Central Coast, Newcastle, mm-hmm. Mid-North Coast. And a lot of us don't have those platforms, geographically speaking, to do what we've got to do. We've got to move away to make away constantly, you know, to get an audience. That's online. terrible. You shouldn't have to do that. No, we shouldn't have to do that. But at the same at the same time, I know we've got to get out and reach an audience and do these things as well. But mm. um, bringing people here, you know, somewhere where we all got some kind of connection to, that was a blessing. Um, and to be able to like facilitate that and just show off some of the most incredible acts that we have and who are going to be incredible for a long time. Um, that was the exciting thing for me. Like you got Lauren Ryan, who's been selected in Star Maker mm-hmm. this year for Tamworth Country Music for the second year in a row. Tasman Keith, who just um, nominated for Aria Best Cover Art. Yeah. Some of the was it Song of the Year for FBI Smack Awards. Yeah. Um, he's on so many like end of year, you know, best albums and that as well. YG Marta, who's spilt milk. Mm-hmm. There's so many people doing crazy stuff. Chloe Terrell was on that as well. And then just having like Newcastle icons as well, like Last Connection. Yes. Like we like, we speak about it all the time. Like I remember getting on the phone asking um, for them to be a part of it. And same thing, like we from here, but we never get to perform here as much as we'd like to. Mm. The opportunities just don't arise. So I'm like, oh, the opportunities ain't there. Let's make them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I want to say thank you for doing that and really creating this space locally because, as you said, it hasn't happened in 20 years. It's a really important thing to start having happen right here in Newcastle. And hopefully, you know, that was just the first of many to come. And there's some killer artists out there now. Like you only see, 
you can see the sweep of the awards at Arias and yeah. all that stuff. Like it's not just there's so many people who have been doing amazing things for so long that everyone else is now catching up. Yeah. So to put everyone on that platform, to give themselves like to give them a voice to be heard in different demographics mm-hmm. and a chance for audiences to hear them. Like I suppose like with the gentrification of here in Newcastle and like the closing of like venues need to find ways to still bring people to Newcastle and create these opportunities for musicians to be heard, regardless of the levels of where we sit locally or nationally. Some internationally now, so it's incredible. (laughs) It is incredible. So uh, I have one final question for you. You're a strong advocate for First Nations representation in not only the national uh, music scene, but also the local music scene. So what are some things that you would like to see change in the music industry to really create that or have that space created? Yeah, I certainly work in this space. You know, people that are close to me know how close I work in this internationally. I think it comes down to people doing their research. There's so much incredible talent within their own regions. And I always get phone calls and stuff all the time like, oh, who's so-and-so from here? And I'm happy to help. But at the same time, I want to see people do their research. It's not our job to be educating people on this. There's so many incredible um, playlists and that out there that have this. Do the research on like who's in your area. There's like, there's so many people who are having commercial success, but also we've got elders who are like still killing it. Like my pop is still have, like performing up around Port Stephens yeah. all the time, doing his songs that are incorporated to like Welcome to Countries and that as well. So we've got people of all age groups that are like still doing incredible things. This might not be on this commercial level or releasing on all your platforms but it's still completely relevant. Like the platform that they put out for us is the reason why we can have the visibility we do now. Mm-hmm. So making sure we divert back is just as important so they get their flowers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Very well said. I'd like to really thank you for joining us today on the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show and it's just been an absolute pleasure to have you here. Always. Bring me back. Some <laughs> more. Definitely will. So we're going to go out with Bully Man Reimagined. Can you tell us a little bit about this song? Uh, released this originally in 2018 and I was working with Hugh Jones on a way that could this could fit sonically with the set that we kind of created with the other songs we'd been, we'd been working on. We, um, I suppose, debuted of early version of this at the Earthboy Cambridge gig. Yeah. In twenty nineteen, I think it was. <laughs> no, it was no end of twenty twenty. End of twenty twenty, because it was still COVID. <laughs> um but yeah, people just kind of like latched onto it. And I think it's like the commercial still like the commercial sound it had. So we just worked on it a little bit more because I didn't want to sacrifice the storytelling and the impact that it made originally for the sake of a commercial ear. So how could we still do it while still staying true to the story and not sacrificing that? Yeah. So we still found a way sonically, you know, to do that and still keep this cinematic moving approach for the song. Beautiful. Well, thanks again for joining us, Jacob. We'll talk to you soon. No worries. Cheers. See you, everyone. It's the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show.
You're listening to the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show with Bonnie. And right now we're going to hear a live track from Max Jackson, which was performed right here in the studios of Newcastle Live. I've had a year of epic highs. I've obviously had Star Maker win. I've had all of these things going on, Nashville trip and all of the festival shows in between. And in amongst all of that too, I decided to get married (laughs) just to add a bunch of uh, busy times into the mix. And I think that this song, it's called Stratosphere. So it sort of encapsulates those epic highs that I've experienced throughout the year. So here it is. Got me spinning in orbit Like you got me floating on a cloud Whatever it is, I'm here for it Never ever wanna come down It's a wild ride, yeah, ain't it, baby? Whoa, oh, oh You keep on getting me high Oh, oh, oh Every touch lights a fire Time the world can't stop it. Your love takes me to a new frontier. Loving it up in the stratosphere. Whoa. The stars are right here, we can touch them. On a comet right across the sky. in my own piece of heaven. Every time I look in your eyes, don't get better than Oh baby, whoa, oh, oh, you keep on getting me higher, whoa, whoa, every touch lots of fire, burning it up like a rocket, it's how the world can't stop it, your love takes me to a new frontier, loving it up in the stratosphere. Paris Grace is well known for her ethereal yet powerful voice and soulful songwriting. So on the back of the release of a mind-blowing single called Eclipse, it's my pleasure to welcome to the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show, Paris Grace. Hey, Paris. 
Hello, how are you? Very good, thank you. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. It's all right. So earlier this year, you released your EP, Things in Colour, and launched it at 48 Watt Street. So what's your year been like since, and how does it feel having that EP out in the world now for a couple of months? Oh, it feels awesome. Um, It's been really great to um, have those songs heard. Um, I feel like they've been in in the making for a long time now, so been really nice um and since then i've actually just been um cruising and relaxing um and focusing on work yeah which is good a bit of a change of focus um so it's good yeah yeah that's fantastic now you had a star-studded band with you at uh 48 watt street for your launch gig can you tell me a little bit more about that night yeah so um it was just fantastic it was awesome we had I was I was aiming for about sixty people um, to show up, and we ended up having quite a lot more than that. Um, so that was an awesome turnout. Awesome, yeah. Um, we had um, the best time on stage. Lots of people taking photos. It's always good to have those those memories. Um, and yeah, it was it was great to be with those boys up on stage. I've been working with them for long time now and one of my best friends Tom, uh, lead guitarist who also wrote the song Eclipse with me he just moved to America um, to launch his music career over there Um, so it's pretty sad that he's gone now so it was good to have that one last um, performance with him. Yeah. So yeah it was was just such a great night, the vibe was awesome and everyone was, um, was really stoked with it. Paris, you have an absolutely insane vocal range and technique. I still have vivid memories of watching you perform an Ariana Grande song in high school and feeling like my head was just blown off because oh. it's just mind-boggling, <laughs> seriously. I do remember that, actually. I forgot about that. <laughs> so when did you first start singing and have you had lessons or has it just come naturally to you? Um, so I started singing, I remember singing... Um, lots of Grease songs when I was probably about three. I also remember swing, um, singing Sweet Transvestite out of Rocky Horror. Yes, what a bop. That is such a I good know. song. Oh, fantastic. Um, so from the age of three or four, I was singing and then began lessons at eight um, and just kind of had singing lessons ever since. Yeah. So, and then I think maybe a little bit of a natural as you could say, um, with a lot of practice and, and work, definitely. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You definitely have a gift. So l- last week, as you were just saying, you released a brand new single called Eclipse and it has, has such a deep groove. The vocals are literal perfection and the production is really good as well. You were saying that you wrote this song with Tom, but how did this song come about? Yeah, so it's... Definitely a bit of a bop. Um, Tom did all the production and he's still, wow. you know, he's still like learning lots of things as you do. Um, but he he's just got this natural ability, like as a musician, for every part of it, every aspect of the word. Um, but the song came about, we were just working together. We just wanted to like make some songs that were just kind of jamming and stuff. Um, and we ended up coming up with a couple of songs before Eclipse that were good, but just not as catchy um, and uplifting. So we came up with this, um, with Eclipse. It was the last, there's a last part in the song and it's like a bit of a bridge, like it's a big part. 
Um, and we came up with that first. And that's where we kind of started the whole um, song. We started it from, it was kind of like back to front almost. Yeah. Um, so it was really good. I we It was very um, well thought out. We spent, I reckon, like nearly a year working on it. Wow, um, that's crazy. It was just us two. It wasn't anyone else. So we had to do everything. Mm. Um, and we both are pretty, you could say maybe we're both perfectionists. Um, so we <laughs> went over and over it and eventually started recording vocals. And, yeah, I, I definitely, it was intentional with the the style of um, vocal technique I was using. It was different for me because I haven't really sung like that before. Mm. Very poppy and R&B, which I had to, um, yeah, do purposely. So that was really challenging, but I loved it because it's the type of music I listen to. Um, so I wrote all the lyrics and the melody and Tom did all the instruments and production. Um, so it was a really good combination, actually. So... Yeah, it's kind of a little bit about how it came about. Yeah, that's fantastic. And uh, it doesn't surprise me that you spent a whole year on it because it honestly sounds like it has had an entire team working on it. It just, it is so polished and such a well-written song. So you guys should be very, very proud. It's just great. Thank you. That actually means a lot. We did have Gareth Hudson, who everyone, so many people know him um, around Newcastle. He did do a master right at the end and he was he was pretty stoked about it as well so it was it's great that literally only three people kind of put effort into it and and people are loving it so yeah definitely an awesome achievement yeah so there's also a little voice bite in the middle that sounds like a sample can you tell us what we are hearing there yeah so um I've always loved Marilyn Monroe and I was watching some of her old movies from like the 50s and 60s, um, I think that's when they were. Yeah. Um, and there's a specific scene that I really like. She sings a song, oh, I can't remember the name of it. Um, anyway, there's like a little bit, we took a snippet out of that, um, out of one of the songs she sings in one of her movies. And yeah, I thought it just went really nice. I heard, I just could hear a voice and I just thought, oh, I don't know where or who we could use for that, yeah. but I think it fits in nicely, yeah. That's really cool. Do you, can you remember what movie it was? I don't. I, I don't remember. I just remember that she had, like, a pink dress on, and it was a, it's a very iconic scene. Is it uh, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes? No. No? It's something about love. It's, like, got a name. Like, oh, I can't remember. Oh, I should have thought of that. <laughs> I completely forgot, yeah. I want you to put it up on your Instagram story as soon as you remember what it is because you've got I me will. intrigued and I really want to know. <laughs> I definitely will now. I feel like as soon as we end this interview, I'm going to go searching. <laughs> Find it. Is this single the first from a new EP or an album that's on the way? And what are the plans for 2023? So this was just kind of out of the blue. Like yeah. we just made the song and I thought, wow, this is awesome. Let's release it. I didn't have any other plans for anything else. I think if I'm going to do, if I'm going to release any more songs next year, I'll probably go down that sort of genre mm. that, that way. Um, but I don't have any plans at the moment. I think I'm going to um, focus on uni this year and, and just see um, if I get some spare time to think about writing and stuff. Yeah, so you're kind of putting music on the back burner for a second? I am, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I know. That's sad. Um, it has been a bit of, it's been a lot lately. Um, yeah. 
and I'm still going to do like some gigs here and there. Um, I'm still happy to do like wedding gigs and, and private functions, but I am putting it on the back burner for a little bit just to focus on uni and um, just, yeah, feel a bit more grounded. I think I'm just a bit all over the place at the moment and just yeah. need a bit more stability, I think. Yeah, of course. Well, oh, look, I can only hope that you come back to it. Uh, it just, you seem to have a real love for it. So hopefully, you know, you'll be back in no time. Oh, uh, absolutely. I'm <laughs> yeah. sure. Well, enjoy the time off and thank you for dropping this gem before you leave us for a second because uh, Eclipse is just absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much, Paris Grace, for spending some time with us on the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show. Thanks so much for supporting um, me and other local artists. It's, yeah, it means a lot. So thanks so much for the call. It's the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show. Uh, we're Snowfish and this is the title track of our album, The Monster Upstairs. But it's overflowed with the memories of everyone I've ever loved Yeah, they scream and yell, you can go to hell And you probably should go and get yourself out of my sight Hit the brakes right, cause you're going downhill Tonight, the monster upstairs Yeah, he doesn't care about anything that you say It is all in your head and now Red Riding Hood Now there's nowhere to hide The big bad wolf, yeah He's gonna eat you alive this time Digging my own grave, digging my own grave Shouldn't be ashamed, it's a mess Inside my head, slowly killing me in the first degree. Take a second look at the cards you took. Join the dark side when the time's right. Find another life. Just don't tell the monster upstairs. Yeah, he doesn't care about anything that you said. It is all in your head. And now, Red Riding Hood, now there's nowhere to hide. Wolf, yeah, he's gonna eat you alive this time.
Elijah Amos is one of Newcastle's premier beat makers and rappers. With an absolute heart of gold and a whole heap of passion, Eli is one of those people that truly lives and breathes music. So it's an absolute pleasure to welcome to the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show, Elijah Amos. Hey, Eli. Hey, how you going? So good. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me again. I really appreciate it. No problem at all. So when did you first realise how much you loved music and who were some of your main influences? Uh, So it was probably at a very young age, um, probably around like four or five. I always have been singing and like playing on like fake little guitars and stuff. (laughs) I always made my family listen to me sing when I was very young. Um, But some of my big influences for me... um, as everyone around me knows, is Justin Bieber and um, Kehlani, Paramore, a big influence, um, just on my like songwriting and stuff. Um, J. Cole is another big influence and an artist called Black. Yeah. Yeah. They've been all very inspiring for me as just like songwriters and just their sounds and vocals on all of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's uh, quite a bit of a mixed bag there. You know, there's lots of soul, but also quite a bit of pop. And yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, Yeah, no, I like to pick from all different kind of genres. I don't really stick to kind of one artist that I listen to. Like Mm. my Spotify playlists are just all over the shop. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy Spotify wrapped. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Definitely. <laughs> this year you've been releasing Up a Storm and performing as part of festivals and other gigs. What have been some of the highlights for you musically for 2022? Uh, um, probably performing with Queer and Now a lot this yes. year. It's been awesome. Like I just did a festival with them at the distillery in Carrington and mm. that honestly has been one of the highlights of my year just being able to be um, so comfortable on stage and in such a safe space for myself and just everyone else as well. And um, Jasmine, who runs Queer Now, just put on such an amazing event and I just got some really cool shots and everything like that. And, yeah, it was really probably one of the big highlights for me. And also the West Fest Block Fest was also another big highlight for me and just feel like I'm starting to make some moves with my career and stuff like that. And, yeah, it's been really, really good. Yeah, it's really exciting. And Queer and Now have been doing such a good job. I mean, the festival that you were just talking about was uh, Diverge Fest, and that featured yeah, some yeah. artists like uh, Janaba, Rachel Maria Cox, of course, yeah. yourself, uh, House of Slay, and so many others. So yeah. how important is it to have, you know, organisations like Queer and Now really creating spaces for queer artists? Yeah, it's so important and it's just like there's not many venues or there's no venues for any queer people and that in Newcastle. So to have these like kind of festivals and just gigs like that happen and create safe space for queer people is just so amazing. And like the energy and everything like that is just so amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, they do such a great job. Now, to move on to your music, so it's not unusual for you to really dive deep into how you're feeling and express Mm. that through your music, but your latest release, Skin, feels like you've gone even deeper from what I'm hearing. So can you tell us about the meaning of the song and uh, where the inspiration for it came from? Yeah, so Skin for me was 
definitely a reflection of my journey as a trans man. And um, I wrote the song probably now about a year and a bit ago. And it's just been such a process of like getting it to where I want it to be. I went to Sydney to properly record it with Beats of Chef and then making the music video. And it's all been such a process. But the meaning for it, yeah, to me was just about going through life and how I feel about myself and how society looks at me and the judgments I place on myself and just reflecting that and also knowing, though, that I can be okay with who I am now and just that it's an everyday kind of thing that I'm working at to Mm. be, like, more comfortable with myself and loving myself. And that's, like... I really am every day trying to work on myself to be, you know, a better person, a better version of myself and love myself better. And I always want my music to be something that people can connect to and heal through. Yeah. So, yeah. You've said that you've had that song in the can for about a year now. Was it terrifying to release it or were you just, you know, was there a reason that it was uh, sitting there for such a long time? Yeah, so I was like nervous to release it because I think for a a while there I wasn't ready to like um, put me being trans and my music together. Yeah. Um, So like it did take me a little bit to be comfortable with that and then like doing these Queer and Now shows like gave me a bit more confidence and stuff like that as well. But also I had to like recreate the beat because I like lost the beat and everything like that. So yeah, it was like a bit of a process. (laughs) So yeah, it did take a little longer than I wanted to. But it also, I feel like it came out at like the perfect time for me. And I had like a little, a small launch party with just like close friends that have really supported me with my music and stuff like that. So that was really special. Yeah. And I performed some like unreleased songs and just got some feedback from everyone. And yeah, it was really nice. Yeah. Oh, what a way to celebrate. That's such a great idea. So I want to talk a bit about your stage presence and performance style. It's uh, definitely reminiscent of like early Justin Timberlake, definitely Justin Bieber. And it has this total confidence and swagger about it. So what's your favourite thing about performing? And do you find it nerve wracking or do you feel that it's just a natural thing for you? Um, I do still get nervous. Like, there's this nerves that I do get before going on stage. But I have been performing now since I was, like, 15. I am 22 now, so it's been a little bit of performing. And, like, um, I do get a bit nervous, but I think my motivation and passion for music kind of overrides it these days. And I just I love being on stage. Like, there's no place that I would rather be than performing and sharing my music with everyone. So, yeah, I... These days I just feel really comfortable on stage. So what are your plans for 2023? And uh, can we catch you performing live anywhere in the next couple of months? Yeah, so um, I do have two gigs coming up. One is a festival in about March that is to be now, to be announced. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a creative <laughs> one. So we've got to keep our eye out for that one. But um, I also will be a part of What Are You Wearing? That will be at the Cambridge on the 22nd. That is about ending um, sexual violence and it will bring awareness to that. So I'm really also keen to be a part of that because that is also something that is close to my heart that I want to bring awareness to. Yeah, Um, definitely. Yeah, I'm really keen for those gigs. That's all that I've kind of got 
so far for next year, but I'm planning to be gigging a lot next year. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep the ball rolling. Um, but in terms of music, I'm really wanting to be releasing a lot of music next year, a lot more than I have been this year. Um, I do have a song called Moments that will be being released soon. Ooh. I just recorded a music video for it. And, um, yeah, so I'm not too sure about a date yet, yeah. <laughs> but it will be coming. <laughs> That's so exciting. Congratulations. Uh, it's, yeah, crazy. it's crazy to hear that you're going to be releasing more music because, I mean, you've been pretty busy this year. Like, I think, yeah. how many releases have you released this year? I think it was... Three? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, three with, like, videos and that. So, yeah. Wow. We're pretty busy with it. <laughs> Definitely. Well, it's awesome to hear that you're going to be even busier next year. Look, Eli, I want to say congratulations on everything that you've achieved this year. And uh, also, thank you for joining us today on the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show. No, thank you so much. I really appreciate all the time. No worries at all. Now, uh, would you mind introducing your latest track for us? Yes, awesome. So this is my song Skin by Elijah Ramos. Thank you. The well, we've come to the end of another Newcastle Live and Local Music Show episode. I'd like to say a huge thank you for joining me this evening. And I'd also love to say thank you to Jacob Bridgeway, Elijah Amos and Paris Grace for joining me for a chat. I'd also love to say thank you to Max Jackson and Snowfish for performing live in the studio for us. Make sure that you check out the Newcastle Live gig guide on newcastlelive.com.au to find out everything that's happening around Newcastle and the Hunter. Absolute hottest gigs. As I mentioned before, the Dashville Christmas Weekender is going to go off. So I hope to see you all there. I'll see you next Monday for the next episode of the Newcastle Live and Local Music Show with me, Bonnie. See you soon. Newcastle has always been a hotbed of musical talent and now Newcastle Live presents a brand new show to shine the spotlight on our stars. 100% local music curated to play the very best from now and across the decades. Exclusive live performances, interviews, the freshest local music news and all the hottest gigs. Join me, Bonnie, every Monday night from 6 as we bring you the latest and greatest from our amazing local music scene. The Newcastle Live and Local Music Show, every Monday night from 6pm, only on Newcastle Live Radio.